Are you ready for the word? Well, let me welcome every other minister that is here with us. This is the second Sunday, and I am so excited. Are you excited to be in the presence of the Lord? Let me get my things in order here. Well, let's, let's go into the word of God. I have a few minutes with you. I want to maximize my time with you and hear what God wants to say with us. And if my team could get me my glasses, I'd appreciate it. I forgot them. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It's going to be up on our screens as is customary. We're going to read it together and believe God. I was trying to go on YouTube. There's another song of, of uh, Rubens. I was trying to remember, and I can't remember it. It's such a sweet song. Mm -hmm. yeah, you people, you people, I know you. Let's finish the scripture, then, then you sit down. For as many, uh -huh, we're reading together. Remember, we are forming a, a culture. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna win together. We're leaving no one behind. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. And one of those victories will be found in vocalizing scripture. Listen, don't speak scripture inside. Cause it to come out and let it fill the atmosphere. So let's read scripture together, verse 14, and then we'll read verse 19 together. For as... Uh -uh. I need you to ask your neighbor, have you had breakfast? Let me tell you, you will get tired of me. I refuse to pastor a dormant church. I refuse to pastor a passive people. If you're visiting with me for the first time, I have been speaking to a camera for two years. And you came so that we can be together in fellowship. Tell your neighbor, I'm not a spectator. I came to receive something. There are three things that determine how any meeting will go. Number one. Uh -huh, I can hear the students here. Number one. Number two. The preparation of the minister. Number three. Now, I need you to look at the person next to you. Tell them, if you're not expectant, I need you to move to another chair. Because what I came for, I cannot go without. Listen. Listen. You'll be, you'll be sitting for 50 minutes and I'll be standing so you can stand for a few more minutes. Listen. You will never draw what you don't expect. And whereas the faith in you is the faith of Christ Jesus. There is an expectation because it is possible for that seed to fall on different grounds. When you prepare yourself on a Sunday morning or on a Monday morning or on a Tuesday morning, every day belongs to God. And time has been given to us as a gift. So when you come into his presence, don't allow your situation or yourself to come out the same way you came in. There has to be an expectation that I must get something here today. And if you pull it out, it will come. Your expectation will not fall short. Uh -huh. Your expectation will not fall short. There, there must be, listen, listen, the Bible says, woe unto us if we come into the day of labor and we have no strength to deliver. It is a disaster when people come into the prime of what God has been doing. The seed was planted. The harvest is evident. The fruit is there but the strength is gone. I speak strength into you in the name of Jesus. 
I know atmospheres are different. You're trying to get used to this space, but the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're in our Father's house. Every place our feet tread, we're home. Glory be to God. So don't feel like the space, you know, I'm trying to get used to my neighbor. Listen, your problem is not waiting for your neighbor. Your destiny is not waiting for your neighbor. There are some things we must grasp today in the name of Jesus. So let's read scripture together and form that culture of victory for as many as are led. That's better. Verse 19. <laughs> Father, as I share these few minutes, give me the wisdom to break your word into understandable light. Let your word go forth, for your word says the entrance of your word, it brings light. And so let light come today, let revelation come, let understanding come. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Please have your blessed seats in Christ Jesus. And thank you for these minutes we have. To just be in God's presence together. Last week I was speaking to us about the road to a mouse. And this Sunday I want to just minister to us. I have to go pick up a pulpit this week. This is not going to work for me. I like to have space. Amen. I want to speak to you about attributes of sons and in who God has called us to raise in a nation. There is a definite season we are in. Allow me to appreciate every pastor who is here with us, every servant of God. I see you all and I recognize you all in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being here. Come on, let's clap for all the servants of God that are here. Thank you, son. Give me a few minutes, then we'll come into that. Let me try and drive a few points home. Then you'll, you'll catch me in the spirit, isn't it? Every time you look at the Old Testament, I want to deal with some attributes of sons. Certain things that if you're going to manifest, you should start to see in your life. Certain things that you should see evidently happening in your life. If you're going to manifest, please hear me clearly. There are cycles that don't break except by revelation. There are things that don't leave your life except by prayer and fasting. There are prayers we pray that we pray amiss. And so one of the things I've been going around teaching and helping people understand is let us take time to be discipled. I really believe the next move of God in Africa has a very high discipleship element. It doesn't remove from the evangelical. No, they must continue doing what they're doing in the evangelist office. They will continue doing what they're doing in the prophetic office. Those that are called by God will continue doing what they're doing in the apostolic office. But there is going to be a major emphasis by the Holy Spirit in the office of the pastor and more importantly in the office of the teacher. Jesus did not say go and make members. 
He said, go ye to the world and make disciples. The whole element of discipleship is a little boring. Discipleship is a lot more boring than a fire-filled crusade. Discipleship doesn't need lights, <laughs> cameras. Discipleship doesn't need ambience. We're guilty of doing all this to bring you to church because we may be dealing with a generation that is very drawn to smoke <laughs> and screens. But I wonder, if we don't put any of this stuff up next Sunday, will you come to church? More importantly, how long will you come to church? Discipleship will make people fall off windows because of how boring the sermon is. Then we revive them and bring some life into the service. Discipleship requires a different mindset from where we are coming from. Discipleship is not about the hottest speaker you bring to a conference. Ay, ay, ay. Discipleship is not about my feelings. If you're going to be a son, you must move from the place of feelings to the place of disciplined hearing. Hmm. Discipleship requires full application of how to execute the things I've learned. Discipleship will draw you to people that are filling you with revelation for you to go and see the manifestation of that revelation. Discipleship shifts you from a feel-good sense to a fulfilled sense. And therefore, as I minister today, I pray that God will speak to some of us to begin coming out of the stupor we're in. I sense in my spirit there are many that have been asleep. A lot of you have postponed destiny. But I hear in my spirit you will not push further what God wants to do today. There's a time we want to wait for all the resources to come together. But God is showing me in my spirit right now that you have to trust him. You see, you have to trust him. There's a man waiting to be okay so that he can marry. I want to give you our testimony. We were okay when we married. But it is possible to lose jobs after marriage. You need a person that can be with you with or without a job. You need a person that will be with you in the valley and on the hilltop. You need to be in an environment that ushers you into the destiny God has for you. And here in Kenya, I really believe this year there will be chaos. There will not chaos that will call for blood, just chaos that will be interruptive. 
but God is going to quell things quickly. The positioning of the children of God must be that you will manifest for God to do what he has to do in your life. That you will not postpone further the thing God has put in you and that it shall manifest. I believe the whole essence, uh, the whole essence of provision does not come before obedience. I've come to realize provision comes after obedience. I've come to realize that there are benefits for your pain. If it were not so, the Bible would not have told us that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, our example for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I'm trying to beat the spirit of procrastination from believers that has been with us. Let me tell you, life is not a rehearsal. What you're living is it. Young people in your 20s, just the other day we were there. Sadly, we keep thinking we still are. There's an age I saw my father at, I never thought I would reach. And now I have reached it from the time I thought it. Time is moving. This is not a rehearsal, this is life. And so hear me when I say there shall be no more procrastination regarding the things in your life. I speak life into your situation and declare procrastination shall not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Listen, you shall not live a life of regret. Looking backwards and constantly remembering how good it was is not going to be your story. Sons of God pick up from where they were, dust off and continue. He says, do not remember the former things. There's a reason God tells us to forget. There are matters you have to forget in your life. I've discovered you cannot progress without forgetting. <laughs> uh, let me tell you what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is memory without vengeance. The ability to be able to move on from people that have wronged you. Listen, church, I've listened to some of us speak, and I don't mean to belittle the thing you've gone through, but you cannot be the one with the monopoly of problems. I would like to assure you, we listen to you, but we want you to know that we're also going through. There are two kinds of people here, three kinds. There are those going through something, there are those about to go through something, and there are those who have just come from something. And everybody who's come from something is about to go into something else. And everybody who's in the middle of something is about to finish or is just starting that thing. And anyone who's about to start is thinking that they are relieved from what they've come from just to realize that this life would be filled with something. Uh, come on, I'm building your faith. Build mine also. You will not die in the place you are, but you have some decisions you have to make. Life, life is about decisions. I have a lot of notes, but let me just speak. Life is about decisions. Everything that will happen to you is going to come down to choices you made at some point or another. Choices about who you listen to. Choices about how you grow. We must teach without error. We must ask God to help us in our uh, simplicity and in our eagerness to serve him. We must learn to speak the word of God 
by not going into error. So there are certain attributes of sons of God that must manifest in your life. Certain attributes. This is conversation for sons. And when I say sons, sometimes when sons are spoken about in a church, people might think that a servant of God is trying to endear people to himself for loyalty. Please hear me with clarity. I'm speaking regarding Romans 8.14. Not to Julian Kula, but to those of you that are going to manifest and to the purpose for which you will manifest to understand that there can be no more delay because God's agenda is urgent and his agenda is more important than your agenda. In the Old Testament, he says in Hebrews 8.5, he gives Moses instructions about how to build. And he says, build according to the pattern. God is very clear about patterns. Very clear about patterns. He is, he is insistent on patterns. The whole Old Testament is a pattern. Last week I showed you that everything begins from Genesis 3.15. Everything about our life and what we do as sons begins from Genesis 3.15. Because that's where we see the enmity between two types of seed. And until he returns, those seeds are going to be at war. But we fight from a position of victory. Notice I said we fight. We don't sleep. Because while men slept, God has not left us in darkness regarding our pathway. He speaks to us till today. So go with me to Exodus chapter 28. I'm going to show you something. This pattern God showed in Exodus chapter 28 verse 15 is a pattern of the breastplate that was on the priest. And I want you to see the relationship between this and where we are today. He says you shall make, who is instructing? God is instructing Moses that you shall make the breastplate of judgment. Artistically, look at God. Woven according to the workmanship of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, of blue, of purple, and scarlet thread. The same, the same tools that were used to make the curtain, the veil that was torn. And fine woven linen, you shall make it. Verse 16. Then he says, it shall be doubled into a square. Can you see the pattern? A span shall be its length, and a span shall be its... Uh-huh. You shall put settings of stones in it. How many rows? Four rows. Somebody say patterns. Four rows. Ba, 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 ba. And the first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and an emerald. This shall be the first row. Because if there are 12 and there are four rows, it means there are three stones on every row. Are we together? The second row shall be a turquoise, wakamba poleni, a sapphire. And, <laughs> and a diamond. You know, there are some minerals. Some tribes just say that one. And a diamond. The third row. Wajaluo <laughs> poleni. The third row are jacinth and a gate. And an amethyst. And the fourth row, a burial, an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold settings. Listen, look at God describing how he wants the priest's garments 
to be adorned and this breastplate. Particular. Particular. Patterns are very important to God. And then he continues to say, please continue. We're going to verse 30. And the stones shall have the names of the sons. Now here's what I want you to see. The stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel. Twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, each one with its own name. And they shall be what? According to the twelve tribes. You shall make chains for the breastplate at the end. You shall make two rings of gold. Then you shall put the two braided chains of gold in two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate. I'm trying to rush so that I can get to teach you about this. Continue. Next few verses. Let's go to verse 30. And the two ends of the braided chains you shall fasten to the two settings. You shall make two rings of gold and put them on two ends of the breastplate on the edge of it which is on the inner side of the ephod. Continue. And two other rings of gold you shall make and put them on the two shoulder straps underneath the ephod towards its front. Right at the seam above the intricately woven band of the ephod. They shall bind the breastplate by means of rings to the rings of the ephod using a blue cord so that it is above the intricately woven band of the ephod so that the breastplate does not come loose. Detail. Detail. It's a lot of stuff, but don't worry, I'm coming to a point. And so the last two verses I want to show you. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart. This breastplate shall be over his heart. I tried to find something that looks like a breastplate, but I didn't find it. So you have to work with this for your imagination. He says it shall be over his heart. Somebody say over the heart. When he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually, and you shall put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be over Aaron's heart. And when he goes before the Lord, so Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children. There's a clue here that begins to uncover. He's wearing it over the heart. It covers the heart. The mystery of the breastplate here is that it covers the heart and it gives us the wonderful experience in store for those who have found Jesus Christ is that something begins to happen in our hearts. The purpose of this breastplate was to cover the heart. Why must the heart of a man be covered? Matthew 15, 19. Lots of scripture. When you come to church, come with a notebook or get the recording so that you can be able to go and hear it and hear it and hear it because faith comes by hearing. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Last week you had a neighbor that was not okay. I want to assure you this Sunday you have a neighbor that's not okay. Please confess to them and say, neighbor, I know you're not okay. And then you read this scripture for them. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, By the time you commit adultery, it had happened in the heart. And so the breastplate is over the heart. Fornications, thefts, 
false witness, blasphemies. This is where things come from. Go to Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. We read till 21. Galatians 5, 19. We read through verse 21. I want to show you the things that are the works of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication. I know these are the scriptures people don't like to read loudly in church, but we agreed we're going to read. Now the works <laughs> of the flesh are evident, which are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Sorcery. Sorry, I'm told something. I apologize to be doing it now. I didn't welcome our online church. You are very welcome and I didn't release our teens. We're still getting used. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. So can I release all our teens to go for uh, trendsetters? Uh, Pastor Iwagata, I, I apologize. If you're a teenager, a real one, please go ahead and follow Pastor Iwagata at the very back. I'll just continue because we have people uh, continuing to watch the service. And I think from next Sunday, just come and go straight into your, um, into your ministration. Thank you. Come on, let's appreciate our teenagers. Look at what happens. Murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. On the breastplate were 12 names representing 12 sons, attributes of sons. Names have meanings, and meanings are very important. The breastplate was on the heart, and names are very important. The name Jesus means Savior. The Bible says that they called his name Jesus. Because he shall save people from their sins. He's a savior. So the names on the breastplate are significant. I want to tell you certain things that you must have as a child of God, as a son of the kingdom. The names were engraved on the breastplate. They took on, they spoke of a new nature that we receive when we're circumcised in the heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, For therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, new things are come. So the first name I want to deal with right now is the name Reuben. I'm dealing with attributes of sonship. The name Reuben means, Behold, a son. That's what Reuben means. Behold, a son. It speaks to us of our relationship with God. Before God, I'm not a stranger. Behold, a son. The first stone is talking about relationship. The Jews, they recognized God as a creator. 
as a lawgiver, as a deliverer, as a judge. But when Jesus came, the first time we hear God speaking to his son on the earth, he says, this is my son. Instead of a judge, instead of a fearful God, we get introduced into a new side of God that he is our father and we are sons. Let me tell you, one of the greatest identity crisis points you can ever go through is the identity of the relationship with a father. In some countries right now, People have lost identity because men have decided to live in particular ways. There are nations where men have decided they don't want to get married anymore. I'm seeing those practices coming into certain parts of Africa, particularly Kenya. People want to talk more about partnerships because men don't want to be committed. We're discussing some statistics in the United States. Men are preferring to stay out of relationships because it is a disadvantage in America right now for men to be married. They have become targets. And so what's happening in society during COVID, <laughs> women discovered, and I know ladies, I know what you're about to tell me, women who, you know, when we started all these movements, and I believe some of the causes are justified, but we have to be careful because when we push feminism, all these isms, if you push, it's good to have humanity, but be careful when people start to talk to you about humanism. When you start dealing with feminism, it has chased away a particular culture given by God and there's a particular way we relate. This is such an important relationship that Jesus Christ told husbands, males, male males, he told them, because uh -huh, I hear there are four genders now, so I'm talking to male males, <laughs> that you love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Relationship. An evolution of understanding how relationships work is tiered in the Bible on how we relate with one another in the human aspect of a husband and a wife. What does that mean? Forgiveness. Leadership. Direction. Prayer. Ay, ay, ay. She's called a helper, not an initiator. It means she found you working. She found you doing dishes. Oh, my goodness. And she came to. She found you cooking. And she came to. We must remove certain, listen, I've gone for a lot of different church events in different parts of the world and sometimes I've been at a funeral or a wedding. There's a lot of mixing of traditions of men and the word of God. And you find us doing things that don't make sense. It is wrong for a believer to say, ask Lewis, don't do that. Because when you take on Jesus Christ, Lou is gone.
When we speak with pastors, you know, we don't say, in the Nigerian culture, you know, it is wrong for a woman to listen. What is the kingdom culture? We do have a culture. We have a culture on how a man should treat a woman, married or not married. It's why we are raising sons. I'm dealing with attributes of sonship. It's why if a son is on a line in a buffet and sees a lady behind him, a sister, he moves out and lets her go before him. You think that's not kingdom? I'll show you. It's why when a husband gets to a car and is taking his wife, he opens her door first. Kingdom. There are people saying, what time is this man finishing? <laughs> Kingdom. We're told to take care of them because they are the weaker. Not weaker in the sense of strength. Trust me, I am now experienced enough to say I think the men are weaker. That's why you get a flu and every man thinks, starts to write their will. Man flu. What is God telling us here? The breastplate is covering the heart and the first thing he's demonstrating is that our relationship to God as sons. We've not been relegated to the place of being servants as much as we must have a heart of servanthood, but we are sons. Even though, just like the prodigal son, we realize our total unworthiness of his sonship. In spite of our unworthy condition, he has a robe. He has shoes. He's a, he has a ring. He has a fatted calf for us. And there is a relationship between father and son that can never be realized by servants. I want you to shout, I'm a son. You are a son because God said it. Thank God for this glorious treasure that comes by your spiritual birth. Your identity from today will not be skewed because sons grow. Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and with men. One of the attributes of sonship is that you must understand we're in a relationship. If you understand the relationship between you and God, you'll understand your relationship between you and your children. And God wants to move us into the place of understanding that the first stone was behold a son. He says in the word of God, unto us a child is given, is born. Unto us a son is given. Relationship. He has given us his son. Relationship. That's what the first stone refers to. The first stone on the heart of the, of the priest was a stone that dealt with relationship. And today I know there are people here with relationships that have not worked out in the part of relationships with their earthly fathers. Relationships with their earthly mothers. People are here that are hurt because of relationships with your work colleagues. Relationship with your church friends that did not go the way you thought they should go. But I want you to know there is no better example of a relationship scripturally than the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. And therefore I put it to you that God is going to reverse those things and cause you to come into a place of maturity so that you can understand you are in relationship. You don't pray because it's a burden. You pray because you're in relationship. You don't sing because you're going to be the next singer receiving an award. You sing because you're in relationship. 
the essence of why I'm in a relationship, Bash, the essence of why I'm in a relationship will help me understand why I do the things I do the way I do them. If it's a burden for you to spend time with God, these last few days we've been fasting and praying. You should see people right now looking at me like they're going to faint because they haven't touched tea today. But when you understand the relationship with God, fasting and prayer becomes a norm in your life. The things that will move you and the things that will bring healing and the things that will bring pursuit are not the things that men care about. I declare in the name of Jesus, you're going to break forth in relationships. Listen, some of you have burnt, let me stay on this relationship for a few minutes. Some of you have burnt relationships. But I hear God say, I'm going to restore to you the years. When you have to forget the former things, there's an attribute to forgetting that will help you discover. Listen to me. God did not just tell you to forget for any other reason. But there are things you're blocking in your life because of remembering. Uh, I think the people I want to talk to are on this side. There are things that will not happen in your life because of your memory. And God needs you to forget where you're coming from so that he can show you where you're going. Yes, you are played. I have listened sometimes to some of us. I pray by the grace of God, you will mature to the spirit of sonship so that you can progress in your life. Can I tell you today, nobody is responsible for where you are except you. Today you can make a choice to pick up. I know they wronged you. I know they did those things, but you can pick up from where you are. The first thing you must understand is that you are a son. May God help you with your identity so that you come into the place of sonship. My sister's marriages are becoming tough. My brother's marriages are becoming tough because the world is giving people options, but God is going to give you a spirit of sonship. What is a spirit of sonship? To understand your identity in Christ. Aish. To stop complaining and start praying. Let me tell you, unless you believe everything is impossible with God, I'm here to tell you there is nothing impossible with God. God can restore anybody sitting here right now. I don't think you believe me. God can change your story today. You have limited him because you don't have a relationship with the father. And if you could expose your heart, let me tell you, I'm now 46 years old. I'm turning 47. One of the things that happened when I turned 45, I don't know how it just happened. I became self-aware. The times I would have a nice little fight with my wife, fight, a Christian one. And she'd say, you're this, you're that. And let me tell you, my dear brothers, hear me because you can catch up at 30 so that you don't do what we did for many years. When you become self-aware, you stop, you stop being offended by the blind spots people tell you you have. Can I talk to somebody here? You stop being offended by blind spots. When you become self-aware, self-awareness, one of the things that happens in a marriage is you receive a mirror. And it's a mirror that talks. <laughs> it's a mirror that will tell you more about yourself than you ever wanted to hear. Sisters, I thought you'd be celebrating with me right now. But you're not out of danger. It's also a mirror for you. So you become self-aware. How selfish am I? 
Being self-aware is knowing I am a selfish human being. Being able to look at a mirror and say, I am a fornicator. <laughs> Stopping to defend and think that you're the best gift that ever happened to humanity and realizing if I left the earth today, everything will continue the next hour as if I was never here. Self-awareness. Waswahilis have a way they say it. I cannot say it on a pulpit. But you don't know yourself. And it takes sometimes people to come and tell you about yourself to help change. That's why sometimes in a church, people will leave because they don't like what the members started telling them about themselves. And you say, that church, they told me, I just What if you do? Who else can help you besides those people? Listen, some of the pains you feel about things people tell you, there's a time you have to stop and assess and ask yourself because the problem is you will not believe the things about yourself. Jesus asked a question. He said, who do men say I am? Now, I'm not telling you for people to tell you you're useless. I'm not telling you to allow yourself for people to demean you. But if you have some true friends, if you're not married, if you have some true friends, you need to one day sit and ask, who, who do men say I am? A proper self-analysis, becoming self-aware. But you will help yourself because you will realize as you go into a meeting, it's one of the things people don't understand about the marketplace. You have to be self-aware. You have to know whether you talk too much in a meeting. Because <laughs> there are some of you who talk a lot. Some of us talk a lot. And we don't know we talk a lot. Worse still, we don't know we talk nothing. It's important for someone to say, you know, honestly, you don't make sense, huh? By the way, you better take the polite help you get from church. Because when you get out and go into politics, you'll be told. If you get out and go to a board meeting for Cadbury's, you will be told things you never knew about yourself and you will be offended. You need a friend who will say, have you ever thought of getting a new mouthwash? Because your friends will just let you have bad breath for seven years. And you wonder why you're missing interviews. Because people are trying to say, you are skilled, but I don't think I can live with this for four years. By the way, you're joking. I tell you the truth. There are people who will refuse to hire you because of hygiene. As qualified as you may be, because 50% of the meeting has nothing to do with your CV. Becoming self-aware. Becoming self-aware of my blind spots regarding relationships. Am I a bully in a marriage? You know, there are men who think their wives are very happy. Yes. There are men who are saying, Ai, she died co up. No. If you actually do a proper analysis, she's the saddest person on earth. Becoming aware. And that can only come from a place of relationship. And God says, behold my son in whom I am well pleased. He recognizes and brings us into a place of, now this is not judgment, this is relationship. In this I am a father. The second stone is the stone of Simeon. Simeon means a hearkening. Hearkening. 
Jacob's second son was sealed into the stone of the breastplate. And it speaks to us about hearing and obeying the voice of God. Sons must become people that can obey the voice of God. Jesus was the perfect example of this. He did those things that pleased the father. He was always quick and eager to hearken to the father's voice. In fact, he was the perfect son. That's why in Matthew 3.17, the father said, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Why? Because of quick obedience. Because of quick obedience. Because of hearkening to the voice of God. One of the marks of true sonship is that willingness to lay aside our own ambitions and desires and plans in order to do the will of the father. Now you can come with me, son. So that you can do the will of the father. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, he says, not my will, but your will be done. Do you know how many of us sitting here, the Lord has called so many times. One servant of God said, the Lord hears more no's from his children than yeses. If you could hearken to the voice of God, there are certain things in your life, certain cycles that will break. But that means you must have an ability to hear. You must have an ability to discern voices. I'm praying for your spirit that you'll enter a place of discernment. That you will know the voice of God. That you will be trained to hear the voice of God so that you will not do what you want to do, but you will do the will of God. Sons lay aside their degrees <laughs> and say, God, do what you want to do. Sons lay aside their ambitions and they say, God, do what you want to do. Sons put aside convenience and they say, God, let it be to me according to your will. When I say sons here, I'm talking about daughters. They lay aside and say, how shall this thing be? Nevertheless, they lay aside future plans to fit into the plan of God. Hmm. They don't run to embassies believing God will use them in Germany. They say, God, if you can't use me here, Use me wherever you'll use me. Sons hear the voice of God. One of the attributes of sonship is hearing and hearing well. I saw in the spirit when I was praying for this service that many of you have had delays because of wrong hearing. And I'm praying for you this year, this year, that your hearing will be set straight and that you will not waste money doing what God has not called you to do. That you will not waste time. What is time? Time is a gift from God. Doing what will waste your time. May your year not be wasted this year. Ah. May you hear a voice from God tell you, this is the way. Let me tell you, sons hear a voice. Sons hear a voice. Sons don't go for the wrong interview. Aye. Children do. Children will go to the bathroom thinking it's the kitchen. I say, I'm looking for mommy. But sons know where the fridge is. They know where things are kept. They know how to pray. They will be disciplined because they will hear a voice tell them this is the way. And my prayer for you this year is that you will begin to hear a voice that will save you from the wrong relationship. I'm trying to help somebody here. That will save you from the wrong relationships. Do you know there are people if they come into your life, and I'm not talking about a husband and wife because sometimes you think those are the relationships we're talking about. There are people if you meet them, they will bring a 10-year delay into your life. 
10 years of your life gone because of greeting the wrong person in a place you should not have been in the first place. I'm praying for you that the voice of discernment will bring you to a place where you will not suffer loss. 10 years is a long time to lose. You've gone for conferences. You've invested the time. Child of God, I'm praying. The Bible says that, that thy word is a lamp unto my feet. What does that mean? There's direction. There's a place I'm going because your word guides me. Sons, go according to the word. I'm praying for you that you will not be guided by people that are on Instagram that have not been sent by God, that you will make decisions because of what God has spoken. Come on, I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying that you will not suffer loss. I'm praying you will not meet the wrong people. I'm praying you will not be conned. I'm praying you will not be played. I'm praying you will not, be, you will not miss the voice of God because of the hurries of life. I'm praying you will not go with the crowd, but you will go with God. Jesus was a son. And because he was obsessed about doing what God has called him to do, look at what happens. He comes and speaks to people regarding revelation. He says, now you must eat my body and drink my blood. People leave. And he asks the disciples, are you going also? Listen, sons don't go with the crowd. Attribute of sonship is loyalty. They don't go with the crowd. Because Peter said, where do we go? Where are we going to go? You carry the words of life. Ha! It means words can be life and words can be death. May the things you hear, I have met people who have made decisions about their lives because of words they heard people speak to them. I'm praying you will be sons that have tough skin. Do you know God needs men to have tough skin for him to use them? You can't just make decisions because of what people have said about you. You have, made, you have to make decisions because of what God has spoken over your life. Father, may you release a word this morning. May you release a word this morning. May your children begin to walk in the light and in understanding. And I cancel every demonic force that has come to waste your life in this side of 2022. For 40 years you have gone round a mountain, gone round cycles, been hearing voices and voices and voices. I cancel every voice that is anti-God in your life. I cancel every voice that is anti-destiny in your life. And I declare, this is the year you shall see the hand of God. There are some things that must go. King Uzziah was not a bad man. In fact, he was the, one of the best kings Israel had ever seen, if not the best. But when he died, Isaiah saw the Lord. Because people were in mourning and people were wondering, when will I ever see a king like this again? But God was seated on the throne. I want you to know, no matter what disaster you've gone through, Yahweh is on his throne. Yahweh is on his throne. This is the season. Somebody shout, this is the season. Attribute of sonship. I come from a place of relationship, but I also come from a place of hearkening. I hear the word of God. I look up to the word of God. I look to the hills from where cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I stay in the word. Hey, listen, listen to me. We are not victorious because we are strong. Yeah. We are victorious because in him we put our trust. He says in his word, don't lean on your own understanding. The understanding of men is a dangerous place to lean. And let me tell you, most of the times, in some of the very tough situations I've been in, my understanding is a very easy place to go. I say, I, I, I've walked this thing before. No, listen, you must hear the voice. You must hear the voice. You must hear the voice. 
You must hear the voice. You must hear the voice. Every blockage in your ears drops right now in the name of Jesus. Listen with an eager ear. God is testing his sons with that still small voice. He didn't come in the thunder. He didn't come in the fire. It was that still small voice. And that, that, that hearkening must be sealed because that stone was sealed on that, on that template into our very natures so that we are not deceived in this hour. Let me assure you, the days are evil. Men are going to come with a lot of deceptions, but you are not going to fall in the name of Jesus. I want you to just prophesy to your neighbor for me. Say, neighbor, I know you're not okay, but I see your end. And I see that it's better than where you are right now. What do we do in this gospel? We release hope. For where you've come from, I know has been a journey. But I want you to know, you're prophesying to your neighbor, where you're going, where you're going, you will hear a voice. You will hear a voice, not voices. You will hear a voice. And that voice will begin to give you comfort. That voice will begin to give you direction. That voice will begin to give you hope. God's voice is not a confusing voice. God's voice is a voice of hope. It's a voice of direction. That yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to come out of this situation. Somebody say amen. The third stone, which was an attribute of sonship, was the stone called Judah. I'm just going to talk about a few stones. Judah. The word Judah means praise. One of the surest marks of a new nature in a believer is the attitude in which they take on the challenges of life for those who've been born again. Throughout the Bible, we find strong evidence that our lives must be continually filled with praise. John, one of the ways I look at the maturity of a believer is how they speak when they are going through trouble. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Attributes of sonship. This is not the year for grumbling. This shall not be the season for mumbling. This is not the season for murmuring. This is the season I refuse to engage in a conversation that puts down another human being. This is the season I believe I will release words of hope. Ah, I must play my role as a son to release encouragement. Ah, when people look at me, I will not be the source. Ah, did you know did you know you can be a place that people come to look for encouragement because praise is what comes out of you? I refuse for my sitting room to become the place that kills destinies. Come on, church. I refuse to make my house a house of desolation. Is it not the word of God that told me my house shall be called a house of prayer? I'm lifting up your spirit this morning to let you know, make a decision that your house shall be called a place of hope. People shall be wondering, where do we go? They say, let's go to so-and-so's house because there you will receive encouragement. They may not even have opulence. 
They may not have cars that, that impress them, but there's one thing you'll find there. You'll find life. Blessed is the man. He doesn't sit in that seat of scoffers. That man is blessed because when people come to you, you shall, be like a, you shall be like a leaf that is green all the time. That leaf does not wither. You're releasing life to people all the time. Don't worry. Things are going to be okay. Don't worry. Put your trust in God. No, you don't become the place of saying, did you know? Did you know? By the way, hey, you need to come. There's something. No, 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 no. My house shall be a place of hope. And because let me tell you, whatsoever you sow. Hey. Can I tell you a secret, believers? We are sons. And therefore, one thing you can't ignore in sonship is the element of seeds. We are children of the kingdom. Whatsoever we sow, we shall reap. What you sow in someone's life, I guarantee you, in this life, as God is my judge and my witness, you will reap it. If you sow seeds of peace into people's life, if you sow seeds of generosity into people's lives, if you sow seeds of love into people's lives, it looks like a selfish thing, but I assure you, in this kingdom, God is not a man that he should lie. You will receive back a hundredfold, pressed down together, running over. Things that will fill your life will make sense. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Please preach to me, prophesy to your neighbor for me and tell them your house shall not be the place of murmuring this year. It shall be the place of praise. Go with me to Philippians chapter 2 verse 14. And I want us to read it together. It says what? Come on church, we were reading together. What? Do all things. Ah... Uh, this is the secret a lot of you don't understand. You know I'm an employer. One of my most important aspects when I'm looking for who to promote is who does the least. Because this is a spirit. Uh, this is a spirit. He says, do all things. I'll clean the toilet. <laughs> I will make the tea. I went to see uh, the owner of a bank in Kenya. And when I entered his office, he, he told his secretary, no, 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 no. You know how I am. So I said, yeah, okay. And she closed the door. He's the one who goes and serves tea. When you're with him, how many sugars do you want? Two. He serves you the tea. He puts the, do you like it strong or you, okay, is this okay? Uh, do you want a snack? The owner of the bank. You, you're a supervisor. People come. Nani, kuja, kuja, patio you chai. No, listen. Do all things. Let me tell you. There's an attitude we must have as sons. We do things without complaining. I'll go to church without complaining. Ah, what are these people doing? Construction, construction everywhere. You go here, construction, the roads will be better. Drive without, thank God you have a, listen, change it and say, thank God I have a car. Thank God I'm in a car that is taking me where I'm going. Do all things without complaining and disputing so that you may what? Become blameless and harmless. Now let me reverse that. People who are blamed and cause a lot of harm are people who complain and dispute. This shall not be your portion in Jesus' name. 
The higher you go, the more you realize you must become a servant. The higher you go, the more you have to calm down. The more you go, the higher you go, the more you have to relax. So, am I helping somebody? The higher you go, relax. Don't allow this attitude to hit you. Ah! One young man got married. Married for just six months. Came to where we were. I was upset with him. I told him, I am saved, but you have annoyed me. But the sun won't go down when I'm angry because I was not refused from being angry. I was just told not to let the sun go down. Uh-huh. So I told him, what are you doing? He came and started telling us how we have not been ex- good examples for, their mari- for, for marriages and that God has given him a revelation that now him and his wife are beginning a minute, which is fine. But he was going ahead. And he didn't have the, the tempest attitude of a person that needs to take time and learn. As I speak to you right now, this was four years ago, five years ago, he's not married. This thing takes patience. I don't care how much revelation you have. Respect those that have gone ahead of you. Hey. Honor them. Let me tell you, honor is a door. Honor is a door. You see, I don't want to call names, but one of my daughters here is, I'm looking at some of the daughters, if they get married right now, even in their older age, if they get married, they will be more junior to a 25-year-old who has been married for six years. It takes humility to follow someone who has gone ahead of you. Is it not Joseph's older brothers that had to come and hearken to his instructions because he had been elevated? Don't despise anybody who has gone ahead of you in a matter. It is one of the signs of, of growth in a son. Glory be to God. There shall be praise coming out of your mouth. Let's finish that scripture. He says they shall be, they, they, uh, they, that they may be blameless and harmless. The scripture I was looking for actually calls those sons of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. No more complaining. Prophesy to your neighbor for me. Tell them no more complaining. 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 By the way, there's too much complaining in the kingdom of God. What if everything is going wrong? No more complaining. What if it's not working out? No more complaining. I've become allergic to complainers. I avoid them like a plague. If you want to know a secret to spend time with me, don't be a complainer. Because the moment I'm with you and the first thing that comes out of your mouth, hey, dad, hey, immediately my antennas are up. Come and speak life to people. Tell me how you're blessing somebody. Tell people how they're going to be okay. Despite what they've gone through in COVID. People have gone through a lot. You are the light of the world. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Praise the Lord no matter what. It's part of your new nature. It's been sealed into you. There are problems that will melt like wax when you become a praiser. Can I tell you, one of the biggest secrets to survive in a relationship is to be a praiser. Just praise. There are times I lost everything. 
I just would get on my knees. The formula is very simple. Just praise. As you praise, God is touching the hearts of men. Ah. Don't complain. Praise. Why is God keeping me there a little longer? Don't complain. Praise. You know, even if you look at me like that as if I've preached in a boring manner, I will still tell you, don't complain. Praise. Why? Some things will begin to melt out of your life when you praise. There are people in another nation God will touch when you touch his heart with praise. That is why this name Judah is that name praise. I will praise the Lord at good times. Pastor Solomon, do you know how hard it is to praise God when things are thick? But I will praise him at all times. What will be in my heart? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually. Pastor Julian, you will not make it. One man of God or so, I don't know what he is, told me, I see black horses all over your life. This is the year. Eh? Minister Ruben, you've heard those people. I've seen black horses. I said, what does that mean? It means that they have come from the east. I said, what does that mean? It means this is it. Hey, you people, you don't understand what we go through, eh? If you allow too many people to speak into your ear, you will be deceived into emergencies you never had. He said, I see black horses. They are now aligned. Then he added, so I dismissed him. So he decided to write it in a text so that I can read it. And, I, and then he said, and then he said to me, and I want to, I'm giving that as an example, not from a point of arrogance, so that you learn. What do you do when people prophesy to you what is not true? And you don't know whether it's true or not until it comes to pass. So he said, they are at your door. I said, they are where? At your door. When he first spoke to me, they were at the gate. In the text, they were at my door, which means they are... I said, I have one for... He said, they are going to destroy you. He told me, by end of 2021, you will have no name in this nation. I said, okay. I took my Bible. I began to praise. I began to praise. I said, Father, this word does not have witness in my spirit. But if it is true, and if it pleases you that this be my destiny, then so be it. I went and started preaching more than I've preached in the last few years. I picked up my Bible. I resisted that word. And I said, Father, I refuse to accept that this is how I die. There are things you must refuse in your life. There are things you must refuse in your life. But I said, because you have chosen to be used as a tool, I want you to know, every word you have spoken to me, it shall reverse. Listen, you have to be scriptural. As much as you are preaching love, you have to be tough. He says, no weapon against you shall prosper. And every tongue, every what? What did he use to talk to me? Tongue and fingers. Uh-huh. I said, I return to sender every word. May it have a harvest in your life. I've never been this wrong. This one annoyed me. I said, because you have chosen to be used as an enemy to the servant of God, I now declare every word you spoke 
because of your arrogance and your lack of repentance, because I gave him an opportunity to repent. I said, let everyone, listen, don't play. Don't play. You cannot play with people's lives just because you feel an inclination and a feeling. You cannot come and release doom over people. You should be releasing life over people. No, I refuse. And this is happening a lot in the church. And I want to tell you, test every word. Test every spirit. No man should come to you and tell you they are a prophet. When, listen, tell them, come prophesy to me next to my pastor. If they are bold enough, because some of you have gone through 15 years of delay because of wrong prophecies. But I declare in the name of Jesus, there shall be praise coming out of your house. There shall be victory coming out of your house. Every word that the enemy has spoken over you, come on. Do you want to wage war with me this morning? In 2022, if you're going to release words over my life, they better be words of hope, words of direction, words of peace, words of destiny, words of encouragement. Ah. If you're going to chastise me, chastise me in the Lord. Rebuke me in the Lord. Because it is good for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Yes, there's a place for correction. But there's a spirit that doesn't come to correct. There's a spirit that comes to kill. And today I denounce every spirit that has come to kill you before your time. I take my place apostolically in this land. And I declare over your life, that thing shall not kill you in the name of Jesus. Why are you called more than a conqueror? Out of your mouth shall come out praise. Out of your dance shall come out praise. Praise your way out of debt. There are times I was in debt and I sang to the Lord. Ha! What is, what is it that is disturbing? One man came and told me, ah, I'm going to die. I said, why? He told me, there's a gentleman last week who was supposed to testify. Where are you? Come, come. He told me, I was going to die. I was going to die. Get me a microphone. And I it's not him, but I remember that guy told me. I asked him why. Because of 80,000 shillings. 80. I said, listen, you must grow into the place. These things come in levels. Eh? Even debt is in levels. And the higher you go, the more you'll be hit. Are you ready? Speak for one minute. What happened to your life? I was a drug addict. I was smoking weed for seven years. One day, uh, Papa was preaching at Mombasa Road. We were delivering food there. Behind the church, the agents came for me to, sm to go and smoke. I went back inside of the church. I lit, the smoke, I lit the weed and I was smoking. After that, Papa finished preaching. I don't know what he, he came to correct behind the church. I know you have forgotten it. Uh, then Papa told me, you know this place is a holy place. What, what are you doing? He told me, I was fearing my heart was melting with fear. I didn't know what to do. Because I, I, when I was seeing at the compound, there was a scar is there, I know. Mm. Then you told me, my son, follow me to the office. 
you prayed for me. I remember you prayed for me. Mm. After praying, I went back to my house where I kept the weed. Then I rolled one. One of the... You rolled it? Yeah, I rolled it. Then after rolling it, I smoked. When I smoked, I don't know what happened. I collapsed. I found I was very weak. And the one that who came to rescue me is my wife, who came and called my mom. Tell your son is going to die. When it, it, she came, she took me to hospital. I don't know. At that time, I didn't know what is now going on. When I came to my concert, I found my mom crying. My wife is there. And from there, this is now three years since I stopped smoking weed. Amen. I'm celebrating. I'm mm. giving glory to God. Amen. That is my testimony, sir. Amen. It shall, it shall never find you. And it shall never find your children. That thing has left your life completely in the name of Jesus. We release light. We release hope. God bless you, son. Thank you. And let me tell you, any one of you who, I wanted to use him as a line of contact for any one of you whose children are trying drugs. I declare in the name of Jesus. I break, you, they may not be trying it now, but I speak into their future. There are voices that will speak to them. There's a friend that is being prepared by the enemy to meet your son 10 years from now. But I declare over your life, I've canceled that meeting in the spirit and I declare they shall not meet. Your son shall not enter that influence in the name of Jesus. There's some company your children will want to keep in the future that is not their portion in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me, church? Say, I receive it. If you have sons, you should say, I receive it. If you have daughters, I want to prophesy over your life that daughter shall not find herself in the wrong company. She shall not find herself being used, manipulated into the wrong things. In the name of Jesus, we declare it. We declare it. Please sit for five more minutes. I'm done here. The other stone that was put is a stone called Asha. The son called Asha means fortunate or happy. We are fortunate. And I want you to know we are happy. We are fortunate because of his grace. Hebrews 12, 12, 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Hebrews 1, 9 says, we've been anointed with the oil of gladness. We have the oil of gladness. In 2022, one of the attributes of sonship is I shall be glad. Uh, let me talk to people on this side. I shall be glad. Let me tell you, I shall be a well flowing with life. If any of you is going through anything, call me. I want to just come. I may not have a solution, but I'll smile with you. I'll cry with you. I'll walk with you. I'm a receptor of the oil. I... Listen, this is one of the things, sons, do we carry gladness? I can't come into the house of God and become a spectator. This is not a, I'm sorry, Minister Ruben, this is not a political rally. This is the, this is the house of hope. <laughs> this is the house of prayer. This is where men come when they have no more hope and we release hope. Aye, 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 aye. This is where people come when they are sad and they walk out with a smile. I'm going to plant seeds of gladness because in me is a reserve of the oil of joy. Ah, 
I know you've gone through ministries. Ministries have hurt you. Churches have hurt you. People have hurt you. But let me tell you something. Part of the problem is your perspective. You need to realize if outside can influence your inside, something is wrong. You need to become the one who is so influenced inside that you affect what's going on outside. You carry the oil. Shout with me. I carry the oil of gladness. Isaiah 61 verse 3 tells us that the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus. That he might give unto those that are in Mount, Zion, Mount in Zion the oil of joy for mourning. Ay, ay, ay. This is what we do. We release joy. I release joy in this place. Yes, you lost a loved one. Now receive the joy of the Lord. I'm not dismissing the fact that you were sad and went through a lot. But I'm telling you, he who began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. Yes, I know you lost a husband, but receive joy. I know you lost a wife, but receive joy. I know you are sick, but receive joy. This is what we do. We trade. We come here to trade every morning on Sunday. We trade our sorrows for gladness. I don't want to be with sad, grumpy Christians. And you look at your neighbor and say, I don't want to be with a sad, grumpy Christian. Complaining all the time. Whining all the time. I walk in the favor of Yahweh. I walk in the favor of the Lord. When you see me, life has come. When you see me enter a place, change is coming. There are people I've employed just because of how they smile. There are people that receive jobs just because of the joy they bring into a place. I refuse to be stone-faced in the kingdom of God. I'm going to smile. I'm going to give God glory. I'm going to praise him when I feel like it. I'm going to praise him when I don't feel like it. I'm going to release the oil of joy. Why? I am the light of the world. I refuse to be grumpy. The stone was a stone that was releasing joy. Fortunate. Happy. Give me Psalm chapter 1 in the Amplified Version. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied ah, is the man. Let me tell you, church, I don't know about you or your neighbor, but you can look here. You're looking at one. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous. I don't know if you're reading. Happy. I think they're on this side. I know you're a few, but even if you're a few on this side, listen, blessed. Fortunate, prosperous. Ay, 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 ay. He said, The poor shall be among you, but I don't know if your name was there. Because when I read about mine, it says, I need you to look at two neighbors and say, Enviable means I'm not the one envying, <laughs> I'm the one being envied. I see a day, this church shall be full of praise. Before we leave KICC, there'll be no room here. People will be coming with their flags, bringing their best dance. I declare you will not judge them. You will encourage people to give God praise. You will dance like David danced. What kind of dance is that? It's a dance that says, no matter what has happened in my life, Jehovah is still on the throne. I, I feel like praising in this place. Blessed, happy, fortunate. Prosperous, enviable. Hi. My son loves to do art in your school. They called us. They said, "Your son is, your son is our best artist. He's the one who's 
after 25 years of the school, they were trying to do new logos. They said, the logo your son drew is the one we've chosen for the next 25 years for the school. I said, don't worry. It runs in the family. Uh -huh. I could see other parents saying, why wasn't mine? I said, enviable. Blessed. Listen, it's not arrogance. It's giving God the rightful praise that he didn't give me fools for children. I'm blessed to have sons that can think, ah, the devil is a liar. I prophesy over your life. There shall be joy in your house. There shall be the oil of gladness. The attributes of sonship is that when there is trouble in your neighborhood, they shall look and say, this person has the counsel of the Lord. Aye. He doesn't walk and live in the counsel of the ungodly. This man doesn't follow wrong advice and their plans and purposes. He doesn't stand in the path of sinners. He doesn't stand where they walk. He doesn't sit down and relax where the scornful and the mockers are. No, that's not our portion this year. We will not be mockers. We will release life. I wish you could find three people right now. Can we do church for just five minutes? Find three people and tell them I release life. I release life. Ruben Kigame, I release life over your campaign. My brother, I release life over your family in Congo. I release life over your family in Nairobi. I release life over your mother in the village. In the name of Jesus, you came to church to receive life. Now hear God in this season and destiny. You will go where you've never gone before. That amen, that amen is for you. You know what? You will go where you've never gone before. You will do things you've never done before. The blessing of the Lord is, it maketh rich and it adds no sorrow. Hi, I came to church. He says, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. Listen, I'm making a trade this morning. I've been carrying more than I can carry. But God in me has given me victory in the name of Jesus. I'm coming out of here victorious. I've missed doing church. I'm coming out of here victorious. And I don't care how jealous your neighbor is. You're coming out of here victorious. That's it. Fortunate. Happy. You can't give what you don't have. And this morning you receive life. You receive joy. You receive oil. Ah, brethren, how pleasant it is. When, how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the oil. If it's flowing on the head of Jesus, it's flowing on my head. Ah, it's like the oil that comes down the head of Aaron, down to his beard, dropping on the garment. This is priesthood. It flows, y'all. It flows. My cup runneth over. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, what do they do? They give me comfort. I'm not trying to get you excited, but let me tell you. We're going to praise our way out of 2022. We're going to praise our way into these elections. We're going to praise our way into Kenya's destiny. Kenya will not fail. Kenya will not faint. Kenya has a destiny to fulfill. There is no false prophecy over Kenya that shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. Many voices shall come from the east and from the west. But today I scatter the horses that are at your door.
<laughs> I scatter the horses that are at your gate. I scatter any horse, any cat, any dog, any animal, any witch doctor, any words that have been spoken over your life that are not from Yahweh. In the name of Jesus, we scatter. We're going to do something. I want to give you the last stone I wanted to talk about this morning. It's called God. Do you remember the son called God? The fifth stone or the fourth stone is God. God means a troop. God's name speaks to us of disciplined soldiers. It's a troop. This is an army. This is an army. It's a troop. It's an army. Trained. Ready to take their place. And fight. Ay, 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 ay. The Lord is no longer speaking of just Jesus at the Jericho Road. He's making us to realize the need for the body of Christ and our responsibility to it, which means it's a troop. Glory to God. You talk of Joel's army. You talk of Ezekiel's army the, 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 that rose from the valley of dry bones. Daniel saw that these people would be strong. He saw that they shall be strong and shall do exploits. It was in the future. All these people saw, one of them saw God's battle axe. Weapons of war that would break every principality. That would break every chain. Tear in pieces. All the nations around them. It will tear Babylon down. All the prophets saw and spoke about these people are troop. You're that troop. And you're not going to leave your neighbor behind. So I said, we're going to do something in church. Are you ready? I want you to look at that trooper next to you and tell them you're a trooper. And I prophesy, you're not going to backslide. I'm not going to let you. Ooh, no soldier left behind. I'm going to pray for you now. Neighbor, I am a voice that God has brought into church this Sunday. To lift you up in the spirit. Now you're going to begin praying for them for the next three minutes as I close the service. Is that okay? And I want you to speak into their 2022. And I want you to declare goodness. I want you to declare joy. I want you to declare peace over their life. I want you to declare that they are not going to faint in this battle. I see people just looking at me. We are engaging in war. We are in the middle of a battle. Don't look at me. Pray. Open your mouth and pray. Declare you are going to win in the name of Jesus. Discipline is coming. Jesus was a son, but he learned obedience by the discipline he endured. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Discipline. There's going to be an army. Hmm. Uh, worship him. Come back here. Let's get ready. Just like heaven. This is it. Neighbor, I see you. I see you coming out of that mess. I see you finishing in 2022. I, I pray for your marriage. I pray for your children. I pray for your work. If you're looking for work, I pray for doors to open. Ah, that sadness in your spirit. I'm here as a fellow army officer next to you. If you lose your battle, I could lose mine. And I declare in the name of Jesus, you are strong. You're stronger than you think. In your weakness, he is made strong. Neighbor, you're not going to faint. God is going to be lifted up in your life. Neighbor, I see you victorious. 
I see your ministry growing. I see your children growing. I see your destiny coming into play in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is in this place. God is weeding out those who will not come under discipline for the sake of the body. God is purging out the rebels. He's saying, give me the sons that are ready to be an army. A disciplined army. Now let me explain. This army will wake up to pray. This army will wake up to pray. This army will wake up to pray. Ay, 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 ay. I'm talking to officers. Say, I hear you, sir. This army will wake up to pray. Ay, 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 ay. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I hear the spirit of the Lord say, I will raise up a standard. I'm going to stay in the place of prayer. No matter how my body feels, I'm going to drag it like Hannah into the temple. And I'm going to believe God for my baby. Because I hear the spirit of the Lord say, weeping may endure for a night. But for those of you that stay in the place of prayer, my house shall be called a house of prayer. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for your breakthrough. Now hear the voice of the Lord in this season of your life. I refuse to celebrate your downfall. I refuse to celebrate your downfall. There's a there's a thing I, I can't forget, remember. It's called Auschwitz, Auschwitz Net, something. Auschwitz Net. I'll get it for next Sunday. It's a condition for which people celebrate another person's coming down. It's a disease that has hit Kenya that when people are coming down, they trend. That shall not be our portion. Listen, you must change the vibe. Who are we? Are we the light? I'm looking for that word. If I could find it's a very hard word. It's a it's a it's a philosophical word. Auschwitz. It's a condition for which people look and when they see another person coming down, they celebrate. That shall I'm looking at a troop. That shall not be how I look at this army. That is not how I will look at this church. I will not celebrate when you're coming down. I will cry with you if you're hurting. I will bring joy. I will, I will play my part in the kingdom of God because we are an army. Your victory is my victory. If your marriage succeeds, I'm happy. Not when it fails. I refuse to sit and watch people trending all day in a place of misery. I will switch off anything that is putting people down and I will switch on what lifts people up. We must change the narrative. Read it for me, daughter, because it's a hard word. It's called. It's called Schendenfraude. Schendenfraude. Yes. Yes. Schendenfraude. It is the experience of pleasure or joy or self-satisfaction when it comes to learning, or witnessing the troubles, failures, or humiliation of another. Of another. Yeah. Schendenfraude. Schendenfraude. Schadenfreude. It's German. It says that it is the experience of pleasure. Am I talking to Kenyans? Of joy. Of self-satisfaction that comes from learning of or witnessing the troubles, the failures, or humiliation of another. I will not celebrate when another marriage is formed. I refuse. I refuse. I'm a child of God. 
I'm a son of the kingdom. I... This is what I've been reading for you in scripture. It's just that they have a word for it. Shodden Frauder. Tell your neighbor, I am not Shodden Frauder. Listen, what is in a person that makes them celebrate when another person is going down? What is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's wickedness of the highest order. And ladies and gentlemen, it's in our country. That's why when people break up, we trend. That's why when people are falling, they trend. That's why when, uh, please look at your neighbor and say, read that word. We agree we are going to read together. I am not. It's when Christians here, Ruben Kagame is running for president. They say, I watch him come down. No, that is not the language of children of God. We say, I celebrate your boldness. I celebrate that you can go up against giants. Was it not David who came and was asked by his brothers, who is watching my father's sheep? People had dismissed him, but let me tell you, God can use anybody who is obedient. I refuse to bring you down. 